Well, listen, leading up to spring break, we decided to pivot from the teaching series that we were in and talk through how we can move forward following Movement Weekend. Last week, we talked about what I like to call the event cycle. This is the cycle that we typically find ourselves in following an event like Movement Weekend or camp. And the cycle goes something like this. We attend an event like Movement Weekend or camp. God shows up in this amazing way and speaks to us like he never has before. After the event's over, we try everything that we possibly can to keep the momentum moving forward. We promise ourselves that we're going to make all these different types of changes. Life is going to look different. We're finally going to take our faith seriously. But what happens? After a few weeks, the emotions of the weekend, they wear off, and, and we fall back into our old patterns and our old routines. And last week, we talked about how we can break this cycle. And that in order to, to break this cycle and experience lasting change, there first has to be a shift in our identity and who we are at our core. Because ultimately, what we do, our actions and our behaviors, they're an overflow of who we are. And listen, if you have placed your faith and you've placed your trust in Jesus for salvation, you have a brand new identity. The Bible tells us that when we place our faith in Jesus, we become children of God. We are his handiwork. In fact, we are a brand new creation. And we must choose to live in response to that new identity. So tonight, we are going to talk through, I think, another really practical thing that's going to help you guys moving out of, of Movement Weekend. Tonight, we're going to talk about how to study the Bible. How to study the Bible. Now, if you've grown up in church, or if you've been around church for a little while, you have probably heard someone talk about the importance of reading your Bible. In fact, we talk about it so much, it's become one of those stereotypical church answers to, to any question that, that we might have. You've been told that, that reading your Bible is a really important part of being a Christian. Most of us know that it's important, we know that we're supposed to be doing it, but here's the truth. Very few of us actually read our Bibles consistently. For example, and I'm not calling anyone out here, but my Movement Weekend group talked about how they need to read their Bible more consistently. It's a struggle that, that we all face on a daily basis, but I don't want you to, to feel bad. I don't want you to beat yourself up about it because you aren't alone in this. In fact, there are actually many adults who also struggle to, to read their Bibles consistently. And churches, much like ours here at Bell Shoals, they are filled with people who don't read their Bibles. But why is that? Why do people struggle to, to read their Bible consistently? A lot of people think that they don't have time to read their Bible. There's just too much going on in their day. They don't have enough time to, to sit down and open God's word. Another reason people don't read their Bible is because they think it's boring. These words, they were written over 2,000 years ago. How do they have much applications to my life now? Some people read their Bible because it really just doesn't make any sense. Like there's certain books of the Bible that are really difficult to, to understand. 
And I think a lot of people don't read their Bibles because they don't know how to. They've never actually been taught what it looks like to study God's Word. But you see, this struggle of reading the Bible, it isn't new to us. In fact, even the earliest of Christians struggled to read Scripture for themselves. There's a passage in Hebrews chapter 5 that actually addresses this very issue. The author of Hebrews, he's writing to, to a group of Christians, and I want you to hear what he says. In Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11, he says this, We have much to say about this, but it is hard to make it clear to you because you no longer try to understand. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teachings about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. So what is, what is the author of Hebrews talking about here? You see, the author of Hebrews is actually using an analogy to stress the importance of studying God's word. And he uses it actually with an illustration of talking about a baby. You see, for, for a baby, for the first few months of their life, their diet is, is solely milk. And why is that? Because that's what is necessary in order for them to grow. Milk provides all of the nutrients they need in order to begin to, to develop. But you see, babies cannot live on milk for the rest of their lives. If so, that would be really weird to see a 30-year-old man walking around drinking a bottle of milk. And at some point, babies must transition to solid food in order to continue to grow. They need to begin to, to learn to, to feed themselves, to take care of themselves. And guys, here's what I want you to understand. The same is true for our faith. At some point, we need to make the transition from milk to solid food. We need to begin to, to feed ourselves spiritually. Now, milk is perfectly okay if you are a baby Christian, Spiritual milk is something that, that is fed to you. It's things like Wednesday night messages, Sunday morning life groups, devotional books. These are all great tools to get you started. But hear me say this. These are not long-term solutions for your growth. Because at some point, you're going to need more. And if you are going to continue to mature and grow in your spiritual life, you're going to need a diet of solid food. Solid spiritual food is where you begin to study scripture for yourself. It's where you begin to take some time out of your day to open up God's word and to read it. It's when you begin to discover truths that are found in the Bible and begin to apply them to your life. You know, some of you have been Christians for years but you would still be considered a, a baby Christian because you're still relying on milk. You haven't yet learned how to feed yourself. And listen, I'm not blaming you or judging you for that. In fact, I think the church has done a really bad job as a whole 
in equipping you to, to study God's word. And so tonight, I want us to talk through just a very simple, a very basic method for how we can study scripture. Because I believe that if you can learn to study scripture on your own, it will be an absolute game changer for your faith. So tonight, we're going to talk through a strategy called the HEAR journal. Everybody say HEAR journal. Now, this is a really basic method for, for studying scripture. And if you've been around Bell Shoals at all, you've probably heard it before. And in fact, if you're in a discipleship group or a D group, you're probably very familiar with it. That's because this method breaks down studying scripture into four distinct parts. Four distinct parts. And we're going to talk through each one of these parts. And then at the end, we're going to work through an example of what this would look like together. So step one of the HERE journal is the letter H, which stands for highlight. The letter H, which stands for, for highlight. Now, if you've ever started a Bible reading plan before, it can probably feel like information overload. You've just sat down, you've opened your Bible, you've read through an entire passage, or you've read through an entire chapter in a book of the Bible, and as you get to the end, and you're wrapping up your reading plan for the day, you're probably thinking to yourself, I have no idea what I just read. Like, this was so much information, I have no idea what I just read, and I honestly don't know what to, to do with it. And that's where this first step of highlight is so important. And here's what it looks like. You start with a passage of, of scripture. It could be a paragraph, it could be a chapter, it could be something from, from a Bible reading plan that you're currently doing. It can even be a passage of scripture that you're just simply interested in. And you're going to take that passage and you're going to read through it two to three times. You're going to read through this passage two to three times. And here's why. Because our brains don't comprehend information the first time we read it. Scientists have actually proven that in order for us to retain something, we have to read it several different times. So I want you to read the, your passage, whatever it is that, that you've selected, two to three times. Now sometimes if it's a confusing passage, or if it's something that you don't understand very clearly, it can be helpful to, to read that passage in, in several different versions. If you have your Bible app, you can really easily select a, a different version of the Bible, which just explains the passage in a slightly different way, and it makes it a little bit easier to understand. But after you, you've read that passage, here's what I want you to do. I want you to pick out one or two verses that stand out to you. These can be verses that you find interesting. These can be verses that you find confusing, verses that you want to, to learn more about. And you're going to write out these verses either in the notes app on your phone, in a journal, or on a piece of paper. You're going to take this big passage that you've just read, and you're going to select one to two verses that you want to, to learn more about. After you do that, you're going to move on to the second step of the HERE journal, which is the letter E. And the letter E stands for explain. The second step of the HERE journal is to explain. Now, this part is probably going to be what takes you the longest, and it might be the most difficult, because your goal is to identify what these verses are saying. 
not what they're saying to you, but what the original author intended when he wrote these words. And for us to do that, we have to understand some, some context of these verses. You know, right now I am taking some seminary classes, and one of the things that, that my professors always say is context is king. Meaning context is one of the most important things when it comes to studying scripture because understanding the context of what you're reading is essential in order to properly explain a passage. It's essential in order for us to have an accurate interpretation of what the author originally intended. But this can seem really difficult sometimes. Why? Because there are many barriers that exist between us and God's word. For instance, the Bible was not originally written in English. The Bible is filled with all different types of literary genres, things like poetry, historical narratives, prophecy. And the way we read these different types of genres can, can be different. There's also many cultural differences that exist. Authors were not writing to 21st century Americans. They weren't writing directly to us when they wrote the words that we find in Scripture. But listen, despite all of these, these barriers, it is imperative that we explain or interpret Scripture correctly. Many people get themselves into a lot of trouble because they, they fail to do so. They pull verses out of context and don't explain them correctly. For instance, Jeremiah 29.11 has nothing to do with your college plans and career. Philippians 4.13 has nothing to do with getting straight A's. We get ourselves into trouble when we begin to draw conclusions about Bible verses or passages when that's really not what the author originally intended. So, so how do we explain scripture correctly? Here's a few things I want you to consider. In order for you to explain scripture correctly, you need to read around the passage, either the verses right before or the verses right after. A lot of times that will give you some really valuable information as to what the author intended. Another thing that's important is that you pay attention to the type of literature that you're reading? Is it poetry? Is it a historical narrative or a story? Is it a prophecy, a foretelling of something that that's to come? It's also important for you to understand who the author was and who the author was writing to, what was going on at the time that the book was written. And you can get all of this information from a study Bible or a commentary. That's why I would really recommend it. If you don't have a hard copy, a physical copy of God's word, get one. These study Bibles, they have really valuable information in order for us to understand the, the, the text. But, but here's my advice to you. Anytime you get stuck or anytime you're confused or anytime you don't even have your study Bible close by, my suggestion to you is to always explain scripture with scripture. Use other passages to, to make sense of verses that you're reading. Because here's the cool thing. The Bible never contradicts itself. And we can use the parts that are clear, the parts that, that we understand of the Bible, to make sense of the parts that aren't as clear. The parts that we don't understand as easily. 
So after you've spent a, a few minutes looking up the, the context, understanding the author, understanding who it was written to, in your own words, I want you to write out a few sentences. Just a few sentences explaining what this passage is about. And after you've, you've done that, we're going to move on to the third step, which is the letter A, which stands for apply. Now that we have explained these verses, we can apply them correctly. Although these verses weren't written to us specifically, they still have some really important application for our life today. And our goal under the apply section is to take what was written over 2,000 years ago and to connect it to our life today in the 21st century. Now, this might sound kind of confusing or kind of difficult, but here's some questions I want you to ask yourself. As you're reading through this, these verses that, that you're working through, here's what I want you to ask yourself. Is there a command to obey? Is there some sort of command in these verses that, that you are being commanded to obey? Is there a sin to avoid? Is there a warning about a sin that, that we should watch out for? Is there a truth to believe? Something that we can hold on to? Or is there an example to, to follow? Depending on the, where you're reading at in the Bible, we'll, we'll, we'll answer one of these questions. And you'll be able to, to better understand how that passage or how that verse applies to your life now. So after you spend a few minutes working through these questions, I want you to jot down just one or two sentences about how the, the main point or principle applies to believers today. What are we taking from, from 2,000 years ago and now applying to ourselves now? After you've done that, we're going to move on to the fourth and the final step, which is the letter R, and it stands for respond. Now that we have highlighted some specific verses, we've explained them, we've understood that the context of them, we've applied them, we know how they relate to us now, our final step is to respond. And this is where it gets very real, and this is where it gets very personal. And this is where your response is unique to you. The question I want you to ask yourself under R is, now what? Now that I've read these verses, what changes in my life? In this step, you might realize that, that you need to, to write out some sort of response to God. You just need to, to thank him for something that, that he's revealed to you or how he's working in your life. Another response might be a, a, just a short prayer to God calling out to him and asking him to intervene in a certain situation that you might find yourself in. Another response just might be an action step, something that you need to, to do differently or a change that, that you need to, to make in your life. But whatever your response to these verses is, it's unique to you. It's specific to your life and to where you're at in your faith. So as we wrap up tonight, I want us to take a look at, at a passage of Scripture. Uh, just a minute, your leaders are going to come around, and they're going to pass out a piece of paper that, that looks like this. And what we're going to do is we are going to walk through a very common passage of Scripture, a passage of Scripture you've probably heard many, many times before, 
but is often very inaccurately interpreted and applied to our life. And we're going to see how this here journal, this really simple method of studying scripture, applies in our life. So I'm going to give your leaders just a minute to, to come around. All right. I don't want you to feel like you're in school, but I know it kind of feels like that, and I'm sorry. But I think this is the easiest way for us to talk through what it looks like to actually put this here journal into practice. So if you'll see on your paper that at the top we have the passage that we're going to be looking at, Philippians 4, 10 through 13. And I'm going to read these verses, and then we're going to talk about how we can apply this here journal to them. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 10, it says this, Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I'm a, I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all of this through him who gives me strength. So the first step of the, the HERE journal is what? Highlight. Highlight. H, which stands for? Highlight. highlight. All right. So we need to, to highlight a specific verse that, that stood out to us. And you're probably familiar with, with the verse that we're going to highlight. But we're going to highlight Philippians 4, 13. It says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. This is a verse you've probably grown up hearing. You've heard it many times, but it's often taken out of context. And I'm going to show you why in, in just a minute. So if you haven't already, go ahead and, and fill in the blanks under the letter H for, for highlight. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. After you do that, we're going to move on, on to the next part, which is E. And what does E stand for? All right. Remember, the, the purpose of explaining is we are trying to understand the, the context of this verse. We're trying to understand the context in order so that we can accurately interpret what the author is saying here. So, so here's some questions we need to, to ask ourselves. Who was writing this? Who was it written to? What is the, the purpose of this book? What type of literature is it? And what is the context of these verses? So let me tell you a little bit. You see, Paul was the writer of the book of Philippians. And he was writing to, to believers at the church in Philippi. And while he's writing these words, he's actually believed to be in prison in Rome. And he was writing to the church at Philippi in order to, to thank them for a gift that they had actually sent to him. He was writing to, to thank them, and not only that, but to encourage them as they live out their faith. And you see, that this book that, that Paul writes, the book of Philippians, it's not, a, a poet, it's not poetry, it's not a historical narrative. In fact, it's what we call an epistle. An epistle is a really fancy word that actually stands for letter. It was a letter written to, to this church. And it was intended to be read to a very specific audience. But I want you to notice that we're in chapter 4 of this book. We're now in the final chapter of Philippians. And up until this point, Paul has shared about this personal situation that he's had. He shared about his imprisonment and what God has been doing in his life. 
And in in chapter 4, he begins to explain this realization that he has had. Despite his circumstances, despite this, this rough situation that he's found himself in, he has been able to find true contentment and joy. He's realized that, that Christ is all that he needs in order to, to get through the, this difficult trial that, that he's facing. Christ provides true contentment and joy even in the midst of his trials. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to take all of this information all of this context that we've just learned about the book of Philippians. Who wrote it? Who it was written to? What was the intended purpose? And we're going to consolidate it down into just a few sentences. And they're going to be on the screen behind me. Paul told the church at Philippi that he has discovered the true source of contentment. No matter what situation he faced, Jesus was all he needed. Jesus was the one that gave him the strength to persevere when he faced trials. You see how we took all of that information, all of that context about the book of Philippians. So under this explain section, we've taken all of this information that we've just learned about the book of Philippians, and we've consolidated it down into just a few sentences. And these sentences, they're going to give us some more context, some more understanding about this verse that, that we've highlighted. So after we've explained it, next we're going to apply it, letter A. And this is where we begin to to connect this passage back to, to our life now in 21st century America. You see, in these verses, Paul is urging believers to follow his example, Regardless of the situation that they face, he's encouraging believers to follow his example and that they can also find true contentment and joy, even in the midst of the most difficult seasons or trials in life. Now, obviously, none of us are sitting in a jail cell. None of us are facing persecution or death. But every believer at some point in their life is going to experience a trial. They're going to walk through a difficult season. And when that happens, who do we look for for strength? What is our first response when we are faced with a difficult season or circumstance in our life? And so here's how we would apply this in just a few sentences. In life, I will experience many ups and downs, but my contentment is not found in my circumstances. Instead, it is based on my relationship with Jesus. Only Jesus provides the strength I need to be content in every circumstance. Now here's what I want you to notice. We've started out big picture. We're getting narrower and narrower as we continue to to move forward in the HEAR journal. This is the first part of the HEAR journal where we start using words like I and me. This is where it, gets, it starts to get personal for, for our life and for believers today. After we've highlighted, after we've explained, now we've applied it, now we're going to cover the, the final letter of the HEAR journal, which is R, which stands for respond. Very good. And listen, this is where it gets very personal and very specific for each one of us. Now, you might read this verse, Philippians 
And your application because of the season of life that you're in right now might look different from the person sitting next to you. And here's what I mean by this. For some of you, you read this verse and like life is good right now. You're not really facing any, any struggles. Life's kind of going your way. There's not like some major crisis in life that, that you're walking through. And so your response to this passage might simply be to just thank God, to thank him for, for the joy and the contentment that, that you're experiencing right now in your life. But, but for some of you, maybe you're walking through a difficult season in life. Things are not going your way. You're really struggling. Your response is going to be different. This verse almost serves as, as a reminder to you. It's kind of a, a wake-up call, a slap in the face that, listen, Jesus is the source of contentment in my life. And regardless of whatever situation or mess I find myself in right now, I can look to him for the strength that I need to, to get through this. Two very different responses based on what you're going through in life. And so here's the, the response I came up with. And for some of you, this would apply. For some of you, this would look a little bit different. God, I am really struggling right now. When I don't feel strong enough to continue, remind me that you are the source of my strength. I can be content even in this situation because you provide everything that I need. This is where it gets personal and it gets specific to what's going on in your life. Listen, if there is anything that, that I want you to take away from tonight, listen, if there's anything that, that I want you to take away from tonight, it is the fact that studying scripture is a learned discipline. And here's what I mean by that. Just like any other discipline or habit in your life, it doesn't happen overnight, it doesn't happen in a week, it is a lifelong journey. It's a journey that, that I'm still on. But in order for you to, to grow spiritually, in order for you to, to begin to learn to, to feed yourself, to transition from, from milk to, to solid food, studying God's word has got to become a priority in your life. It's got to be something that you carve out time for each and every day. Despite what's going on at school, despite what's going on at work, despite what's going on at home, it's got to become a priority in your life. And listen, when it does, not only is, is this here journal, is it going to get easier? It's going to take you a little less time to, to complete. I believe that it has the potential to completely transform your faith. Because it is going to move you from spiritual milk to, to solid food. And through that, you are going to be challenged to grow and challenged to discover truth about God's word and how, they, how it applies to, to your life. So here's what we're going to do. In, in just a minute, I'm going to pray. We're going to sing one more song. And then we're going to dismiss to, to our groups. And while you guys are, are in your groups, you're going to have the opportunity to kind of talk through this here journal. You're going to have the opportunity to ask questions. If things don't make sense, ask Okay, this is the time and the place to make sure that you have a really good grasp of what it looks like for you to study God's word and what it looks like for you to have a healthy and growing quiet time. So let's pray. Father, we love you and we thank you so much that you have given your word to us. 
You have revealed yourself to us through your word. And God, sometimes it's difficult. Sometimes we struggle to to get in the habit of, of reading your word. But God, it is such a foundational and important part of our faith. And so I pray that that tonight, just as we've talked through this really simple method for for studying your word, that we would begin to to make this a priority in our life. That this would be something that that we are intentional about when it comes to to our, our time on a daily basis. Regardless of whether it's in the morning or in the afternoon or at night, that we would actually carve out some time to sit down and to open your word and begin to to study it for ourselves. Because God, you don't desire that we just live on on spiritual milk. You desire that we make that transition from milk to, to solid food. And I pray that we would understand the importance and the necessity of that in our lives tonight. It's in your name that we ask all of these things. Amen.